Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 95 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Matthew chapter 1 today, a new book, and our focus is on the virgin birth of Jesus. Is it a big deal in Christianity? We're also going to consider whether or not Mary stayed a virgin. So, we're a daily 10-minute podcast where we go through one chapter of the Bible a day. Welcome aboard to new listeners in Bangkok, Thailand, Udon Thani, Thailand, Madhya Pradesh, India, Parts Unknown, Ukraine, Oslo, Norway, Parts Unknown, France, Gothenburg, Sweden, Ontario, Canada, Chicago, Illinois, and Odessa, Texas. Thank you all for listening. Please do check out our webpage, Bible2021.com. Given that today is the day after Easter Resurrection Day, and actually I'm recording on Easter Resurrection Day, I suppose that taking up the topic of the virgin birth of Jesus may seem a bit out of season. But honestly, it's a very important truth that is often under fire from liberal scholars. So I suppose that today is as good a day as any to discuss this important truth. I'll go ahead and tell you up front that today I'm going to be advocating against the doctrine of the perpetual virginity of Mary. We'll talk about what that means exactly more if you're a Protestant and you don't know about it. And this will make me a heretic in the eyes of the Catholic Church, quite simply because there's no biblical basis for the perpetual virginity of Mary, and a good bit that stands against such a doctrine. Now, Back to the most important thing. Does the Bible teach that Jesus was born of a virgin, of a woman who had never had intimate sexual relations with a man before and was thus not conceived in the typical way? And the answer to that is absolutely it does, as we see here in our verse of the day, Matthew 1.18, which says, The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So the language, very clear, unambiguous. Mary was a virgin when Jesus was born. I love how Pastor Tony Evans presents the importance of this view in his pointed and unpretentious but spot-on way. He says, There is no football game without a football, no baseball game without a baseball, no golf game without a golf ball, no tennis game without a tennis ball, and there is no Christmas without a virgin birth. The virgin birth stands as an essential ingredient of Christmas. In fact, it stands as an essential ingredient of the gift that Jesus is offering to you, and that is to bear the government of your life on his shoulders. When the virgin birth falls, everything about Christianity falls. The virgin birth is the key to Christmas. If you just look back one page to chapter 7, verse 14, you will read the words, The Lord himself will give you a sign in Isaiah. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel is made up of two words, God and with us. Emmanuel means God with us. The essence of the Christian view of Christmas is not that a woman had a baby, it is that a virgin had a baby whose daddy was God. At the heart of the virgin birth is that in the manger laid God. So that's a great way of explaining the importance of the virgin birth. The Bible makes it crystal clear that Mary had never been with a man before, and thus Jesus was conceived by God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's read our passage in Matthew with the genealogy, and then we're going to discuss some interesting claims that the Catholic Church makes about Mary. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible, an account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. 
Abraham fathered Isaac, Isaac fathered Jacob, Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers, Judah fathered Perez and Zerah by Tamar, Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Aram, Aram fathered Amminadab, Amminadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab, Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King David. David fathered Solomon by Uriah's wife. Solomon fathered Rehoboam. Rehoboam fathered Abijah. Abijah fathered Asa. Asa fathered Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat fathered Joram. Joram fathered Uzziah. Uzziah fathered Jotham. Jotham fathered Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Hezekiah. Hezekiah fathered Manasseh. Manasseh fathered Ammon. Ammon fathered Josiah, and Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah fathered Shealtiel, Shealtiel fathered Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel fathered Abiad, Abiad fathered Eliakim, Eliakim fathered Azor, Azor fathered Zadok, Zadok fathered Achim, Achim fathered Eliad, Eliad fathered Eleazar, Eleazar fathered Matan, Matan fathered Jacob, And Jacob fathered Joseph, the husband of Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, from David until the exile to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the exile to Babylon until the Messiah, 14 generations. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. It was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. The perpetual virginity of Mary is a doctrine of the Catholic Church that was conceived sometime in the late 2nd century, first put forward in a non-canonical, that means it wasn't in the Bible, book called the Gospel of James, which was not written at all by James, the one it says it's written by, since it originated about a 100 years or so after his death. The Gospel of James is quite a wild book, which is pretty typical of the Gnostic Gospels and similar works that arose in the late 2nd century. It was initially condemned heretical as by Pope Innocent in the 400s and also Pope Galatius in the 500s, but somehow, some way, it had a great development uh, effect on the development of Roman Catholic theology focused on Mary in the Catholic Church. The text teaches that Mary was a virgin all of her life, that Joseph was an old man with no desire for intimacy with his wife, that the brothers of Jesus were actually children from a previous marriage of Joseph's, and that Jesus was not literally born of Mary, but appeared out of a cloud and a blinding light in a cave near Bethlehem and immediately began nursing for Mary. Now, I know that sounds a bit strange and out there, but 
Let me read it to you straight from the supposed Gospel of James, supposedly narrated by Joseph, Mary's husband. And here he, Joseph, supposedly, again, this was written like uh, 150, maybe close to 200 years after the birth of Jesus. Here he talks about the birth of Jesus and meeting a midwife to help Mary. I saw a woman coming down from the hill country, and she said to me, Oh man, where are you going? And I said, I'm seeking a Hebrew midwife. And she answered and said to me, Are you of Israel? And I said, Yes. And she said, And who is it that's bringing forth in the cave? And I said, A woman betrothed to me. And she said to me, Is she not your wife? And I said to her, It is Mary that was reared in the temple of the Lord, and I obtained her by lot as my wife. And yet she is not my wife, but has conceived of the Holy Spirit. And the midwife said to him, Is this true? And Joseph said to her, Come and see. And the midwife went away with him. And they stood in the place of the cave, and behold, a luminous cloud overshadowed the cave. And the midwife said, My soul has been magnified this day, because my eyes have seen strange things, because salvation has been brought forth to Israel. And immediately the cloud disappeared out of the cave, and a great light shone in the cave so that eyes cannot bear it. And in a little, that light gradually decreased until the infant appeared and went and took the breast from his mother Mary. And the midwife cried out and said, this is a great day to me because I have seen this strange sight. And believe it or not, it gets weirder after that, but I'm not going to read that part because it's really, really strange. And that's where the doctrine of the perpetual virginity of Mary comes from. And I'll be honest, I think it's hogwash. Why? Because the Bible, written uh, almost 150 years before this supposed Gospel of James, gives no indication that Jesus' brothers were not also born of Mary. Further, if the Gospel of James scenario were literally true, then the brothers of Jesus wouldn't be his brothers at all, not related to him in any way, but stepbrothers. Theologian J.I. Packer helps us to focus on the real Mary of the Bible, writing, Mary was a virgin until after Jesus' birth, but later ideas of her perpetual virginity are merely fanciful. The Gospels show that Jesus had brothers and sisters, Mark 3.31 and Mark 6.3. Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, is the creed that witnesses to the reality of the Incarnation, not the glory of Jesus' mother. The Roman Catholic Church, however, has sponsored the unhappy development of Mariology, which is doctrine about Mary, among theologians, and Mariolatry, which is Mary worship, among the faithful. Mariology, which sees Mary as a co-redeemer, rests on the non-biblical teaching that Mary, like Jesus, was born without sin, this is called the Immaculate Conception, and entered resurrection glory straight after death, which is called the Assumption. But the real Mary, the Mary of Scripture, the Mary in the Bible, saw herself simply as a saved sinner. In Luke one forty-seven, she says, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. See, she sets a marvelous example, not just of the privilege and the price of cooperating in God's plan to bless the world, but also of humble response to God's grace. So, you're not going to find Mary venerated and supremely honored in the Bible like the Catholic Church honors her. Was she a great woman of God? Absolutely. The Bible shows us this. But the idea that she was without sin, that she was a perpetual virgin, that she was the co-redeemer with Jesus of humankind is non-biblical, contradicted in the Bible, and developed many, many years after the completion of the books of the Bible. So, eyes on Jesus, not so much on Mary. Let's end the show with our verse for the month of April, James chapter 4, verse 6, but he gives greater grace... 
Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen to that. Well, friends, I hope it was a wonderful resurrection weekend for you this week. Remember, as Christians, Easter is every day. He is risen. Good day to you and Godspeed.